0: He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. Quite a long face. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall. NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. And it would be a very, very happy Zach Garrett over there in L.A., having watched uh, the Newcastle Jets win on Friday and the Newcastle Knights (laughs) win yesterday. How are you, my friend?
1: I know there's somebody out there who will be able to tell us when the last... Week the last weekend both teams won was because I know it's been quite some mm. time between games, but also consecutive wins with uh, sorry both teams winning um, in the same weekend. I'd actually love to know how long it's been because it's quite fulfilling. It, it <laughs> is,
0: isn't it? The only one we lost was the NRLW, yeah. but uh, they're just starting; they're a fledgling team, so you know we'll let them uh, we'll let them get their uh, get their feet. But yeah, great weekend for uh, for our Newcastle sporting teams! Yay!
1: And comprehensive as mm. well, like a comprehensive sort of re- resounding victories. The Jets did it all in the second half. And the Knights were just, they just they just blew the Tigers away last night. I mean, I think Balmain played pretty badly. They didn't mm. play well. But Newcastle were missing Ponga. They were missing David sox They will who else was there? There was someone else was there there too. And... Klemmer. Yeah, that's right, David Clemmer. And when you realise how dominant the forwards were, how much space the backs were, how incredible that the new halves combinations are—like it's—it's really encouraging. It's wonderful.
0: So, what time do you watch it? So, obviously, you've uh, you've got an international pass to be able to watch uh, both the Jets and the Knights. What time are, I do. are you watching?
1: It varies. So so the daylight saving thing, which I think we should go into uh, today because there's been talk of daylight saving over here, um, meant that everything was an hour later. So normally the kickoff for the games is between like 9pm and 1am, except when either team's playing New Zealand. In that case, you might get like a 7pm or an 8pm game over here. So it's usually between like the 9pm and 1am window.
0: Oh, that's okay. That's not bad. You can't whinge about that.
1: No, not at all. I mean, years of watching World Cup qualifiers and English Premier League has, has, you know, steeled me well for those kinds of viewing hours.
0: It has, hasn't it? It has. Now, before we get into what's making news over there, you had some huge announcements uh, last week. Uh, Rainfall 2 and Rainfall 3 will both be happening. You're obviously on the producer's desk again, but the distribution yeah. is uh, is fantastic. Tell us all about that.
1: Oh, yeah, it's been a very busy week. So the, the, the distributors, um, a company called Film Mode Entertainment, um, who produced, who, sorry, who uh, released Rainfall, distributed Rainfall, um, announced they've gone into a partnership with Luke Spark, the director of Rainfall, and his next three projects, which is Rainfall Part 2 and 3, and uh, Primitive War, which is uh, based off a graphic novel set in 1960s Vietnam. Um, and they made all these announcements basically saying that they had procured the distribution rights for, for these projects, um, just before, oh, I can't in a couple of weeks. But South by Southwest over here, so it's a, it's round about this time that a lot of deals and uh, announcements are made. So it's quite a big step forward. It's been happening for a little while, and uh, yeah, this week was the big announcement for it. So it's always nice when those things go out into the open.
0: When do you start production on? I mean, obviously you're probably already in pre-production for two. But when do you uh, when do you actually go into production for um, Rainfall two and three?
1: If we roll cameras this year, it won't be till the third uh, the third quarter of this year. So most likely October, November. Because um, so tomorrow Morrison is currently shooting. He's uh, the, the new Mandalorian series, so Tem's not available to the back end of the year, and they've got a, it's a big cast too. There's about ten of us all going back for it, so they've got, you've got to try. to... It's like herding cats. You've got to try to get everybody in the same place at the same time. Um, a lot easier now that the COVID protocols have eased and travel is a lot easier with vaccination policies and things like that. making things a lot simpler. Um, so that that will that will probably occur towards the back end of of this year, I dare say. And we're going to be shooting both movies back to back. So it'll be about 10 weeks all the way through.
0: On the Gold Coast again?
1: I think that there's a coin toss at the moment between the Gold Coast and Canberra, um, depending on studio availability. But I think the Gold Coast is the preferred destination because of the incentives in Queensland. Um, But that will be decided uh, later on.
0: There is one he was looking at filming here in The Hunter. Is that uh, the one that that you were just mentioning then? Is that the the Vietnam War one or is that a different book uh, again that he's looking at doing here in The Hunter?
1: No, that was actually rainfall. He was looking at shooting rainfall at the powerhouse um, at, uh, at Wanchi Wanchi there for a hot second mm-hmm. because it had such a great sort of look to it. But in the end, it just it just wasn't practical to take the crew down there for a week um, just to shoot that. Yeah, I know, just to shoot that whole sequence. However, there are it was uh, weapons of choice. So we're looking at shooting in That's and around it. Port mm-hmm. Stevens because of its yeah because of its resemblance to the Pacific War because of its resemblance to places like Guadalcanal and things like that. So um, so that that is still important playing weapons of choice was also part of the purchase by film mode entertainment as well so that's moving ahead but as of the next 12 months it's probably going to be pretty focused on rainfall because it keeps going from strength to strength it keeps nme the the um the the like, sort of the, the pop culture mecca magazine for um for music just called uh, rainfall one of the best australian films last year so it continues to sort of get Get this um, recognition and popularity. So this year we'll probably be focused mainly on those two sequels.
0: It is so great, you know, to have uh, to have both, both you and Luke involved. You know, both Newcastleians. It's uh, it's a huge boost to uh, to you know people here in in Newcastle and the Hunter knowing that you can go onto the world stage.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, for, for sure. That there's an incredible there's a plethora of directors coming out of um, out of Newcastle and the Hunter right now. I know there's there's um, there's friends like writers, writers and comedians like Reese Nicholson, my mate Cam James, and a um, oh, wonderful young director who did the movie about the homeless um, homeless man in Newcastle recently with um, Jai Curry, with Rachel, yeah, yeah, with my mate Rachel Kapani, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- these these wonderful directors who are starting to. Really, kind of uh, find their creative voice and find their feet, and they will find their way into the international market. And I think that that is a really great way to do it. Luke is, you know, big commercial sort of guy. He's been at it now for 20 years, um, as have I, actually, for, for that matter. <laughs> yes. So you, you know, <laughs> there's there's no time limit on these things. It it just takes persistence and self belief, and it does take a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of resolve as well.
0: Mm. So does that mean we? going to see you back here uh, September, October next year, or this year?
1: I'm, well, I'm desperate to get back to see my yeah. nephew. Anyway, I have to get back to see him. <laughs> my, my brother's little boy. He'll be one before uh, you uh, get back I'm,
0: here.
1: I know, it's driving me nuts. I have to get back to see him, but yes, yeah, some point this year, absolutely, I'll be back there.
0: That's good to hear, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I, you yeah. know, come on, it's, I, I was supposed to be going to South by Southwest. I was supposed to be going over and having oh, a look at the zoo fight, but you know, it's like... <sighs> ah. But that's OK. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there. You will. You will. Yeah. <laughs> and um, look, South by Southwest has been uh, fantastic, as, as always. I've, uh, I've got the interactive pass, so I've been watching it. Uh, you know, I, I'm the reverse of you. Yeah, I've, I've been watching the early morning uh, U.S. Uh, things that are coming out of there. <laughs> yeah. And oh, geez, I tell you what, unbelievable. Yeah. But, um, you know, there is a lot of Aussies over at South by Southwest at the moment.
1: Yeah, there's a plethora of Australians over there with all kinds of projects and all kinds of um, all kinds of film, music, and of course multimedia devices, and that's why South why Southwest is so groundbreaking because it is opening the market to, well, the media market to new possibilities and new avenues, you know, new ways of consuming media. But it also is a great, uh, it's, a, it's a groundbreaking place for, for films and for documentaries, so for people to share stories and be picked up by distributors like, you know, Rainfall was. Mm. So it, it, it's a great target for Australians. To really aim for, and because it's sort of got this, you know, Austin's a great place. And oh, it's still got this really place. cool vibe, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first festivals, like you said, to truly embrace online streaming, so mm-hmm. that you can you can watch it in Australia and anybody mm-hmm. can watch it anywhere. And that's, of course, you know, consumed Los Angeles for the better part of last week as everybody's eyes turned towards Austin. Mm.
0: I love Austin. Uh, you know, it, it's it's yeah. funny when you say you know one of my favourite places is Austin, Texas, and uh, people look at you and go Texas. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's actually you'd be quite surprised i surprised at, uh, yeah, how uh, how non-Trump and how non-Republican that uh, that city actually is.
1: Yeah, Austin's a great place. It's a fantastic place, like Flagstaff, Arizona, and even Birmingham, Alabama, where, you know, we spoke last mm. year, is that these are wonderful cities. These are wonderful places with truly great people. And yeah. I think, you know, it's easy to sort of approach Texas and other states with this sort of broad, homogenous belief that, yeah, you know... There are people like Ted Cruz from there. <laughs> there are people who are deeply, deeply troubled and and have some pretty flawed beliefs and outlooks on the United States. Um, but broadly, no. There, there's there's some wonderful people that come out of there. One of my favourite actors, Kyle Chandler, he lives there in Texas. So there's a there's a great collection of people who come from there. Our friend Katie Featherston, who we're now sitting for again next week, she's from Texas and she's deeply passionate about her home state and also. The direction that it should take and to the um, the responsibility that Texas should take as one of the biggest and most powerful mm. states of the union um, when it comes to looking out for its people.
0: Now, speaking of looking out for people and uh, and doing the right thing, Disney are in trouble again.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the foot has yet to be removed from the mouth. It of, really, of, um, yeah. Bob, yeah, I see, yeah, Bob Chapek. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, look, they, they sort of went storm this week they went very quiet after the apology and sort of the well you know the, the hand fisted approach they had had and then the attempts to back to sort of pedal backwards but it just, it's just really not helping them because um, as we discussed last week Bob Chavik got into trouble because he was of course donating money to uh, Republican senators in Florida who were supporting the Don't Say Gay bill Disney is broadly and widely embraced by the LGBTIQ community they have a huge community that work for them um, within the LGBTIQ community. There's a mate of mine over here, his name's Gerald. He's been working for Disney for 25 years mm. and he moved out to California from his um, his Midwestern state, met his partner out here, and he's been a long-term employee of Disney. They're the kind of people that have been really bothered by this because they give their life to this organisation on the understanding that they're accepted and supported. Bob Chappick has, of course, well and truly wound mm. that back recently. Now, they're trying to take some strides forward, but Marvel Studios and Pixar, two of their biggest acquisitions have actually done it for them. Pixar put a same-sex kiss in the in the Lightyear mm. movie, which is a phrase I can't even believe I'm saying. No, neither but can it's I. A Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah, it, it was cut out, I think, it, it, I don't know if it made sense in the edit, I don't mm. know, but they deliberately put it back in just to stir, just to poke the possum at Disney. And then, like, it's very small, it's no big deal at all. Right. It's like Le in in, um, in Beauty and the Beast. It's really nothing, nothing that serious. And then Marvel Studios, of course, released a big statement saying, we stand by and we support all people across our universe of employees, creatives, um, production, finance, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, and and what you may be as a person or who you may be as a person. We support you. So their two biggest entities, their two biggest acquisitions have really sandwiched them quite firmly this week.
0: Well done, well done. Now, Liam Bartlett, uh, the 60 Minutes reporter, has been creating some waves over there. Oh, goodness. This, this is very funny.
1: Now, this came to my attention because of the... Um, the. I've got a friend of mine who's from Arizona, and she's been watching the Arizona... Um, a governor, well, governor elections. There's governor elections. What they call gubernatorial elections across the board um, this year. So... One of, the, one of the nominees is a, is a lady by the name of Blake. Now, she was interviewed by Liam Bartlett because she was endorsed by Donald Trump. Now, Liam Bartlett, who's quite a stoic and very forthright journalist, um, put her well and truly on the spot and said, do you, do you accept this endorsement from Donald Trump? You know, your man Donald has endorsed you. From that interview, And she started backpedaling and backpedaling and backpedaling and started attacking him and saying, you know, so I, I just don't like the fact that you're saying my man, Donald. What do you mean by that? Like, like you're man, Donald. What are you talking about? He said, well, he's your head of the Republican Party. He endorsed you. Given what's occurred, do you accept this and do you like this? Oh, well, no, this is disgusting. You know, maybe this is it in Australia where you can lock people up for having COVID. Of course, absolute garbage. <laughs> and then she went on to say that Australians have lost all their freedom when they gave their guns up. Absolutely absurd once again. So she went on, you know, the, the cliche tirade that you usually see from people of the cut from this particularly troubled cloth, we'll say. And then she ended the interview quite abruptly and just walked off. So it, <laughs> Liam Bartlett completely undid her kind of prospects as coming across as like a tempered, measured potential governor nominee for arizona and really and really cornered her in what was a pretty straightforward question you know do you accept the endorsement Mm -hmm. of donald trump do you think this is good she didn't even answer the question she didn't even say yes (laughs) she thought it was an endearing thing but this is interesting this is the wedge we're going to start to see from people like you know lauren Boebert and marjorie telegreen who of course just absolute ratbags themselves yeah and they will when they start to the front up for re-election, they'll be pushed on these issues and pushed on these questions. So this is going to be a very, very interesting time. Now, my mate Barbie, when she saw that interview, she she loved it. She thought it was fantastic. And, of course, a lot of people over here ran with that. So, once again, like when Jonathan Swan famously interviewed Donald yeah. Trump in that wonderful conversation with Axios, uh, Liam Bartlett has done similarly with 60 Minutes here.
0: It's just incredible. You know, when you actually go on and search up the amount of uh, of... U.S. coverage that Liam has got. Well done, congratulations. Our Aussie journalists are uh, are certainly putting it it on the agenda. Now we've got some fun happening with uh, with your uh, your fuel excise over there. Now obviously we know what the issue is over here. You know we've got forty four cents in the dollar is going to uh, to the federal government for fuel. Yeah. to keep our roads up, which you know, that's a whole other argument because we're now being told that that money is not being spent on our roads, so that's a whole other story. But California okay, is looking well, at, yeah, California is looking at a uh, an idea of refunding that fuel excise.
1: Yes. So, break, boiling it down to to very simple um, simple uh, explanation. California residents, myself and my fiance Allison included, we pay about $400 a year in excise. So mm. it's around about 50 cents in the dollar, something like that. And we go per gallon over here. Mm. So you know, it's, it's, Again, Fahrenheit, gallon, you yeah. know, America does these things to stir people up, I think. Um,
0: I'm sure so of it. It's, it's the same as driving on the wrong side <laughs> of the bloody road.
1: Exactly right, yeah. General's on the wrong side. That's why there's so many accidents, to quote the Crocodile's on date. Um, yeah, so it, it's, they're, they're looking at just refunding that money to Californian residents this year. So Gavin Newsom in Sacramento this week and his Democratic colleagues, I think bipartisan with the Republicans, come to think of it, um, tabled this motion of refunding the, the fuel excise to everybody across California, given how high the fuel prices are. It varies currently. But there's one very famous petrol station that you've probably seen that in a package clip on the news at some point. It's down on um, it's down on La Cienega and Beverly in you know the cusp of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. West Hollywood area. And it was about seven dollars twenty a gallon down there. And it was your, you know your, your Garden Variety mobile, but it's near Beverly Hills, so. Mm-hmm. People drive their cayennes in there and can fill it up, and you know it's money they find out the back of the seat. It's no big deal. So it's not representative of the whole, whereas the, the mobile across just up the road from us here on Coangar and Ventura is about five dollars eighty a gallon. Still, a lot of pressure on mm-hmm. people when the minimum wage in this state is twelve dollars an hour, a lot of pressure on people. So they're, they're considering just refunding the fuel excise for these for this 12month period and just giving it all back to people, because it's going to go back into the economy anyway.
0: Yeah. That's exactly right. Wow, it's going to be interesting times ahead, isn't it, with fuel prices looking like they're looking. Um, You've got an election for governors coming up. It's really going to be an interesting time in the US.
1: It's going to be a very interesting time, and we're already seeing some... uh, Look, they're they're waging the culture war, of course, with the abortion issue with the abortion um, policies being performed right now. Actually, just before we got on the phone, um, it was announced that Clarence Thomas is actually in in, um, in hospital with, a, with flu-like symptoms and a bad infection apparently. So people will be watching that very closely. Mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas is of course one of the Supreme Court judges, yeah. who mm-hmm. has passed some very questionable uh, decisions, particularly around abortion, he's quite conservative and, of course, faced accusations of sexual assault in his own office at one stage before his, his um, induction onto the bench. So it is going to be a very interesting time as we push ahead, because the Biden administration right now are just riding the Ukraine, um, the Ukraine crisis. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a very good job unifying Europe and taking the point with that. They're doing a good job with that. But what will happen is, of course, I'll always come back to Main Street America and brass tax. Mm. Well, how is it affecting people at the pump? Now, there is a bit of a caveat, as we've discussed recently. People are happy to pay more money if it means Russia is being taught a lesson. Uh, what that mm. lesson is, who, who knows? I know. Putin doesn't seem to be listening. Mm. Exactly. But Americans themselves are happy to have that kind of resolve, you know, if they're standing up. To somebody so that will be interesting as they go ahead particularly when you've got people like lake in um in arizona and other governors who are stepping up who have flirted with some pretty questionable rhetoric when it comes to condemning russia i would say even borderlining praising putin at times yes so this will be a very interesting conversation around american ideology american character and of course what american values are
0: it's going to be a very, very interesting time, no doubt about that. Now, next week, I want to talk to you about this firing squad uh, because we haven't got time today. But yes, yeah. the firing squad is an option for some things in the U.S. But we'll talk about that next week. Have oh, a yeah. yes. <laughs> oh god, it never stops, does it? Have a lovely, <laughs> lovely week ahead, my friend, and uh, and we will chat next week. And make sure you watch that fight on Saturday, your time. Zoo is uh, yeah. is obviously fighting in uh, in Minnesota, so yes, get your get your eyes on that somewhere.
1: I can't wait to see it. It's really exciting, actually. Thanks for letting me know about it, Tracy.
0: Thank you, my friend. We'll catch up next week.
1: See
0: you, mate. Bye. That is Zach Garrett joining us live from L.A. With over nine decades of combined media experience, Tracy Mack and Michael Blaxland bring you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine, only on Newcastle Live.